Welcome to Building the Future, hosted by Kevin Horick. With millions of listeners a month, Building the Future has quickly become one of the fastest rising programs with a focus on interviewing startups, entrepreneurs, investors, CEOs, and more. The radio and TV show airs in 15 markets across the globe, including Silicon Valley. For full showtimes, past episodes, or to sponsor the show, please visit buildingthefutureshow.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Noga Sapir. She's the founder and CEO at Reflect Innovation. Noga, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Kevin. I'm excited. Yeah, me as well. I, I think what you guys are doing and building is really innovative and cool. And selfishly, I really want to learn more about what you guys are doing. But before we get into that, let's get to know you a little bit better and start off with where you grew up. Sure. So I grew up in Roshain, which is um, like most places in central Israel. It is um, a suburb of Tel Aviv. Got it. Okay. Very cool. So you went to university. What did you take and why? I went to university to study neuroscience. I okay, interesting. grew up thinking of myself as a very kind of like uh, quote unquote left brain person. I Okay did math and chemistry and biology. And that track in school kind of brought me to neuroscience, which I found very interesting um, to learn. It was like a mix of biology and psychology, and it was fascinating. And I really enjoyed doing it. I wasn't sure that this was what I wanted to do in life. And okay. During, uh, it was a three-year degree, it was a Bachelor of Science degree. It was very interesting, and I didn't want to continue on to master's, which is what you pretty much always need to do with a bachelor's in science. Yeah. And I kind of took a pause there and thought that I want to change course and kind of took a set, step back and thought, what do I actually love doing and what would I want to do next? And the surprising answer was that I wanted to knit. Um, okay, my, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> my grandma taught me how to knit when I was little. I really enjoyed crafts. I really enjoyed art and design. And for a really long time, up till like my mid-20s, it wasn't something that I thought I could do. It wasn't something that I necessarily thought I had any inclination towards. And then I thought, what if I try? So I took this like complete turn and went to study textile design once I finished neuroscience. And I went to a design school called Shenkar, which is the top design school in Israel. And I went to study textile design. Okay. So started kind of uh, from the beginning, did a four year degree, um, Bachelor of Design. And it was just like a completely different world. I actually found out that I could do it and I love doing it. And it kind of brought me where I am today. Okay, interesting. So you, you finish school, walk us through your career until coming up with the idea for Reflect and, and then let's dive into that. Yeah. So while in school, I did have uh, work in some places in startups and, and tech. I had some experience 
working in tech, um, basically from uh, my previous experience in the army. So okay. I did that while while in school. I did have some tech background, um, but in school, in my last year of textile design, I had to choose a subject to work on for the whole year for my final project. Okay. And up till then, I was kind of hiding my neuroscience background. And in that final year, it all kind of erupted. And I started thinking about how could I take neuroscience into textile design, add in a bit of tech, and kind of mix the whole thing together. And I came up with Reflect in school. Um, so okay. Reflect was my final project in, wow. in textile design. And it just was such an interesting combination of everything that is me plus um, everything that I was interested in mental health. I'm, I'm a sufferer of anxiety for many years. So stress and anxiety and how to tackle that. It all kind of came together in this final project. And this was the start of Reflect. Well, that's amazing. So, okay. So how did you come up with the idea? And let's dive into what exactly it is because it, the, the actual orb looks beautiful to me. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I wanted to think of a way to use textile, to use a soft interface that is comforting and appealing and think about how can I make something that is not just pretty, but is actually valuable and brings value to a user, to, to their well-being and to their life. And then I kind of thought back to what I know from neuroscience, and I had this idea of combining textile with biofeedback. So okay. biofeedback is a therapeutic method and is used by therapists and in clinics. And it is based on the method of measuring physiological data um, from the, the client's body and presenting it to them in real time. So you can see usually on the screen uh, what happens in your body as it dynamically changes. And the amazing thing about biofeedback is that it's a beautiful example of the mind and body connection. Because once we see what's going on in our body, which is unconscious, uncontrolled processes, we can actually start to gain control. So we first notice them and become aware of them. And then we try to um, change them a bit. And if we succeed, then there's a feedback loop that is created and we kind of um, strengthen that relationship. So then we can use our mind to affect our body and then we can use that to relax ourselves. So biofeedback as a relaxation tool is used in clinics and we measure stress parameters from the body, stuff like heart rate or um, electrodermal activity, which is how conductive your skin is. Okay. And we train you to lower your heart rate and to lower your skin conductivity just by first making you aware of what it is right now and then helping you kind of guide yourself and i found biofeedback fascinating i was very interested in using it for stress reduction um just by being myself and also uh, a design degree is not the most uh, calm atmosphere and <laughs> i thought that i could do it through textiles because 
I was also interested in smart textiles and measuring something through a tactile soft interface and then connecting that to technology was something that really interested me. And I really wanted it to work. So it wasn't just like, this is an idea for something. It was an actual working prototype. So during that final year in Shankar, I created a series of four knit orbs that have um, conductive yarns on the surface and okay. they measure your conductivity levels through um, when you hold them, when you put your fingers on them. And then you get an LED display that changes based on your stress. So there is um, there is obviously a brain inside, there's a PCB. I kind of learned a bit of DIY electronics um, during that year. Uh, I didn't have much experience with that at all, but I kind of picked it up and, and had some people help me. Okay, wait, wait, sorry to cut you off. So you taught yourself how to basically build a working prototype just while in school full time. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And it that's was, amazing. <laughs> yeah. And it was also while really emphasizing also the textile and the knitting and creating it beautifully and creating it uh in an appealing way that I would want people to actually use and it came up very interesting. So I had this series of four orbs that people could put their hands on and then see their stress and try to regulate themselves. And it was very apparent that this is something that, I mean, that, that we, I found something here that I, it was this combination of things that you just see it and, and you want to hold it because it's soft and fuzzy and cute. And then you learn what it is, and then it's just like magic. Uh, and I got to see that in my exhibition, the final exhibition at school, I got to show the project around um, both in Israel and then in exhibitions in London and in Paris. Uh, what you usually do after you finish a design project is you take it around to like uh, a lot of student competitions and shows. And I got to see people experience the product. and. It wasn't until then that I really thought of it as like, this is going to be a startup and I'm going to be an entrepreneur. It was my project. It was my baby in a way. But people were asking whether or not they can buy it and when, and they were coming up with interesting ways to connect to it and, and telling me how it affects them personally and how it would be interesting to combine in their lifestyle and that's when i thought okay this is something that i want to keep working on that this is something that i want to make into a reality that i want to see people actually use fascinating and, keep going sorry no it's okay um and then i had a lot of luck uh because i found a vc that was willing to fund me and they really believed in my vision. They were interested in backing consumer products in the wellness uh, realm, which is very um, rare in Israel, where, first of all, a physical hardware uh, product, not an app, is something that's very unique. And then the wellness space is also something that I think they were really ahead of the zeitgeist because they backed me in 2018 and they saw how big the wellness world is becoming. And right. it's just been really on the rise since, especially since COVID. And 
you know, stress and burnout and the conversation around mental health is, is really becoming open, which is amazing. And they just believed in me and, and wanted to help me push, reflect into becoming a startup. That's awesome. So how did you get connected with them or did they reach out to you or, or how did that relationship form? I, I sent them an email. I found out about them completely by accident. I had a family relative who knew the CEO that was um, then who just started. They really just started. They were, um, I think, formed in the beginning of 2018, maybe the end of 2017. And I arrived in mid 2018 and I was the wow. first startup they backed. So I was the first in the portfolio. Awesome. Very cool. Okay. <clears throat> so I want to dive a little bit deeper into how this whole thing works. You, you kind of covered it, but so <clears throat> obviously buy this thing shows up at my house, walk us through kind of like setting it up and actually using this from kind of a day one and, and throughout my journey using the orb and the app. Sure. So the first thing that happens once you unbox Reflect is you got to set it up through the app. And Reflect is an IoT device. It means that we set it up to connect to the cloud. And from then on, you don't need to worry about it syncing. You will always see the data in your app immediately after you use Reflect. So there's no friction there. And so the first thing you do is you download the app, you use the app to onboard the device, you teach it Wi-Fi, you set up a few things. And from then on, you don't have to use the app anymore. Um, if you want to just pick up, reflect, do session, put it down. Um, but the app allows you to see data over time. So you can see your progress and you can see graphs of how the session went and you can see insights. and we think the app is really like around supporting the experience of the orb, but it is important to me and it was always important to me that when you use the orb, you don't need the app. Yeah. And I, I wanted to create a common experience for me, a common experience using a mobile phone is kind of paradoxical. I don't want to use the phone. I want to put it away. You need two hands to operate the orb, so you can't do anything while you're oh, doing it. Smart. And you just sit with it and just look at the colors changing. So our biofeedback is that the feedback in our biofeedback experience is given to you through changing colors of an LED ring. So there are four colors, each indicative of an emotional state. And as you sit down and put your fingers on the orb, it will change colors over time and you can just uh, become absorbed in the experience. And it is an open experience. So that means you don't need to use an app. You don't have to put on specific meditation. You can kind of find out for yourself over time what works for you. So if you have meditations uh, that you prefer, if you want to put on music, if you just want to focus on the light, Reflect will help you through the feedback and, and through understanding what's going on in your body, it will help you understand what works for you. So it's a learning experience in the end. So it's it's a practice that every time you learn a little bit more about yourself. And you can also use the app to note these understandings. So you have a journal aspect of the app where you can write notes on your sessions. So if you have a particularly 
particularly successful session or a session that maybe didn't go so well because you're so preoccupied with something, you can always note that and you can go back to your insights and learn basically from yourself. So we're not telling you just how to feel and, and how you feel, but we're giving you a way to understand your body more and to really go into this experience to learn and to practice relaxation and to really make it a habit, which is eventually what everyone wants to do. It, everyone knows that stress is harmful for your health. Everyone is stressed pretty much all the time uh, from what I'm hearing from everyone I talk to. <laughs> and, enough, yep. and you just want to have this moment of relaxation for yourself and you want to be able to put that moment into your everyday life and to really keep coming back to it. So in Reflect, one of the most interesting aspects of working on the product is really how can we help users keep coming back to the habit over time. And the app has, has a large part in that, but also making the experiences um, seamless and just as visually and tactile and just interesting and fun and relaxing. So just having the orb is like, you have this companion with you that reminds you to think of yourself and reminds you to take a moment to as a break to to just sit down with it. And I think we find here that doing a physical product is it, obviously it's very hard and and difficult and an arduous and long process. Uh, but it does have it has sorry, but it does have its advantages in that you create an experience that users kind of long for, something that they can hold and, and touch and, and it's like a physical anchor and people are kind of looking to step away from screens. 100%. Interesting. No, I, I think it's, it, I think it makes a lot of sense. So maybe this is kind of a stupid question, but how do your typical users use this? Do, is it kind of similar to like a meditation type schedule or, or a workout schedule, or do they use it kind of throughout the day, a bit of both, or, or how, how do you see your users actually using this device? So uh, first of all, it's worth noting that we're not out in the market yet. So what I know is from user studies, which we've been doing both in Israel and in the States, uh, okay. we've been doing extensive user studies where um, participants get the orb to take home for a period of up to four weeks usually. And we've been analyzing their behavior and you mostly see people use it in the morning after they wake up or okay. at night going to bed, just okay. like settling in or around like six or 7 PM in the evening, kind of when you want to switch from like walk mode to home mode. Right. And I think it's really interesting since COVID and, and people starting hybrid work and, and during lockdowns and just like the whole work-life balance thing going completely messy and walking from your home, I think people found Reflect to be like this kind of like ritual that you can do to kind of like turn off and, and go into like a more relaxing um, atmosphere at the end of your day. Interesting. No, I, I agree. So how do you quickly covered kind of stress and anxiety and sleep? How 
is it a similar kind of experience or or is there a different thing that happens while i'm holding the orb depending on what i'm trying to do or or how does that kind of work so you can use the orb if there's like a stressful situation or you're having um anxious feelings and you just want to use it like let's say acutely just like take it hold it and then try to regulate your stress and try to get yourself to calm down um but another way to use it would be habitually kind of like as a daily practice okay. and we kind of think that we want to help you associate um the orb to have that connection that when you need it, it will be there for you, but right. to help you make that connection and to help you just bring wellness into your everyday life, we suggest that you make it a daily or like a weekly practice. So you can set your schedule in the app for if you want uh, reminders for whichever days or whatever time you can totally make this kind of like um, customized program to remind you to practice. You can also set up the amount of time that you want to practice, so how long the sessions would be. And I think the first thing we want to, to help you cultivate is a habit of taking breaks and, and just minding your wellness and just taking this pause to, to sit down and look at how you're feeling. So in the end, that would be beneficial for your everyday life, for better sleep, and for just regulation of stress over time so i can say that like ideally we teach you and we empower you to understand your body to the point where you wouldn't need reflect anymore interesting okay no that that's very cool so i want to dive a little bit deeper into your hardware journey because Obviously, I'm, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I'm assuming you just originally bought parts kind of online or at some sort of shop and kind of put them all together as you were learning this stuff. But yeah. how did you actually go to and get to the product how it is today? Because obviously it's custom and you can't just buy these parts off the shelf. So walk us through that journey. Sure. So yeah, I started um, with off-the-shelf electronics and just messing around with with sensors and and just learning that um, and, and building a very basic algorithm. But since then, uh, I've been fortunate enough to bring uh, just the perfect CTO on board who has IoT experience and electrical engineering experience, and we've been working with um, other service providers to just uh, okay. really plan out and, and create the whole thing from scratch. And the algorithm today is much more sophisticated than the very flimsy one that I wrote uh, initially. And the sensors are much better. And the data that we collect is much better. So it's it's gone quite a few iterations from where I started. Okay, so you worked with a team and kind of experts that have been and been down this path and actually built hardware and, and software yeah. before. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So I'm curious then, is there any advice you would give to people looking to build hardware and trying to find a partner like you found? Um, it's definitely a challenge um, building hardware. And, and I was told that before I started, uh, okay. let's be clear. Some people sure. did warn me. Um, it's, 
it's a journey that obviously takes a longer time and and is also um, resource heavy more than developing software by itself. And obviously the cycle times are longer, um, but I think it's very rewarding. I think it kind of stems from being a textile designer. I like to feel things and, and feel textures and just hold something in my hands. It's a different feeling than swiping on, on a phone. Um, but yeah, I think finding the right partner is hard, but um, crucial just finding some, someone to share your vision and, and to help you plan it. And if they have experience with, with hardware, that's definitely a plus. No, very cool. So the texture that's on the outside, is it like a cloth or, or how did you come up with that? Yeah, so it's, it's a fabric that covers a soft foam shell that... Okay. In, and then inside there's there's all the electronics uh, protected. And it was very important to me never to give that up. So it was always kind of soft. It's not soft squishy. It's not like a stress ball that you can really, um, really press on, right. but it does give a bit of like this soft feeling, which is just unique. It's, it's not, it's a challenge to manufacture for sure. It would have been, much easier and less costly if it was just plastic. But for me, it was like this point that I would not compromise on that when you pick it up, um, it's something that is really nice to hold and is just like um, nice to touch and nice to play around with. And it's a tactile experience, not just a visual one that really helps you become absorbed into this like kind of wellness moment we're trying to create. So you engage your senses in a way that you're not used to in, in tech and in consumer electronics usually. And that's the point to give you this like feeling that this is like a pet in some way, it's a companion. And we really want to create that like emotional connection that you feel when you hold it, that this is an extension of your body. This is something that, that talks to you about yourself and you talk to it. And I think that unique interface is really one of the unique things that reflect is that I don't see in any other product, definitely not tech products that kind of do something similar to what we do. Interesting. Okay. No, I, I think that's, that's really cool. So I'm curious then you're, you have people using the product, but when can anybody that's listening to the show actually order one and, and get one in their hands and, and start using it? Sure. So very soon, um, we're just finalizing a few things. You can already pre-order on our website, midreflect.com, and you will be among the first people to get the orb. And we're really just like a few weeks away from launching. We already have customers waiting and they've been really uh, graciously waiting patiently um, for us to be ready. And we're just really finalizing final touches and making sure the experience is really perfect. And just production is really ongoing as we speak. And we're going to launch, um, I want to say, in like six weeks, maybe eight, and hopefully not more. Um, but um, we will definitely be notifying 
um, everyone on the website when it's available to order where you get it now, but you can use it the time right now to sign up for an early bird pre-order price if you want. Very cool. So I want to dive a little bit into the software side because you mentioned you you basically built some of the software your, yourself at the beginning. How has that transitioned into what it is today? I know we kind of covered it quickly, but how has that journey kind of gone and, and actually connecting the two together? Because did you, when you built your original prototypes, did you have the hardware and software talking to each other or did you have to get help for that? Um, I did get help for that. Um, and I used just like off the shelf um, tools to build a very crude um, code. And it's definitely, it's become a beast sense. Um, it's a really strong um, software and algorithm, which is much more sophisticated. And obviously we've had uh, people come into the team um, and the team is now 10 people strong. Oh, wow. So we have we have developers and we have a mobile app developer. Um, obviously when I did my prototype, we didn't have a mobile app. And it's, it's really interesting. And, and for me, it was really a learning experience. I didn't know much about IoT. I didn't know much about how to connect physical devices to the cloud and to build that architecture. And it's really amazing what what my the, the developers that I'm working with have built. So it's like a complete experience where you have the orb, you have the app, you have the server that um, talks to both. Um, you have the app that talks to the orb. So it is uh, very complicated and, and complex. And for me, it's really amazing to see what it's become. Um, at some point, I kind of like let it out of my hands and just let it grow. And with the help of other people, kind of um, it become it's become really something else. No, that's that's very cool. So I'm curious though, do you have any advice for people that maybe you obviously learned the hard way or along the way that you'd like to pass on to people that are looking to do an Internet of Things device? Um, so like we said before, definitely get um, a technological partner with some um, background in that. And there's a lot of resources now. And there's also a lot of companies. When I started, uh, it took me a while until I brought on a CTO. And for a long time, I think around a year, I was by myself in the company and with working with a lot of service providers and, and freelancers and, and people that kind of help this uh, get off the ground. So there are definitely resources out there. And just find the right people. Again, this is like the key. No, that, that that's actually really good advice. So before you took VC money, because we always hear stories about people trying to launch hardware, software, or just even software where, you know, they want tens of thousands of dollars or even a million bucks or whatever the number is. It sounds yeah. like you basically bootstrapped your first version before you got funding is is that correct or or how did you self-fund or yeah or fund the first kind of iterations and prototypes of this well yeah that's that's correct i i self-funded and uh bootstrapped and actually once you say that i kind of think oh yeah i did because for me it kind of started with the vc money but you're right prototyping and, and working on it before during school was was just 
bootstrapping. And I think it really helped coming to the VC from really kind of a unique and unexpected background as, as a textile designer coming into a VC office. It really helped having a walk-in prototype. So I think this kind of like um, quick and dirty make something out of off-the-shelf components that you can actually demonstrate. Um, for me, it was really important to convince people with my vision because you can actually, you could see the, um, the VC people just sitting with reflect and really focusing on it and holding it. And it was something that was there. And I think that kind of really helped uh, seal the deal. Sure. Well, it shows that you're motivated, right? That you built, you basically learned enough stuff on your own, especially while going to school to build your first version, to basically take it to a VC, to pitch them and let them play with it. Sure. It might've not been perfect or, you know, like it is today, but yeah. the fact that they could actually see that you built this yourself and yeah, like all that other stuff, the connectivity and printing up the app and making the device look really nice. That's not easy, but that's a lot easier once you have the vision and you can give them something to hold and they can see that, right? Definitely. I think it really helps to convince them when it, they can see the, the seed of the idea and not just, you know, it's, I'm not just pitching a slide. I'm giving you something that this is how it's going to be. It's not perfect. It's very, very, um, an, a very early version, but this is the idea and and if the prototype is unique enough then it's enough to build on and it's enough to sell the vision on because i think they could really see it they could understand what i'm talking about they could so you know the technology may not be perfect and the interface may not be perfect but you could see from the really the, the crude prototype that there's something there that's worth developing yeah well and it also shows that you spent a bunch of time and effort Definitely. And that you're serious about it, right? I think yeah. that's the one thing that a lot of entrepreneurs fail at is they they think they need all this money to build this first conversion. And sometimes you do, but in a lot of cases, if you actually really think about it, you could build the first version of anything yourself just to show like this is I'm actually serious about this and I've been working on this in my own time, right? With my yeah. own money. And it doesn't exactly. have to be thousands or tens of thousands of dollars, you can probably do some of this stuff for hundreds of dollars or less sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I kept working on it after school, but I I kept my full-time job afterwards and I just kept working on it on my time. And there's definitely stuff you can do. And, and I kept talking to people and asking them for ideas and, and uh, talking to electrical engineers to help me kind of progress on my own. And people are really willing to help you with, with ideas and with advice and with ways to um, advance. And I think it's, it's always possible to kind of make something that's like a, a physical, very crude prototype uh, is better than just a slide. Sure. So were you ever worried that somebody was going to take your idea and run with it because you were asking so many people for advice? Um, no, I think uh, I didn't want to like 
hinder myself from getting help and advice by first trying to to sign people on NDAs um, when I don't have really have anything yet. And I feel like I'm the most passionate person about Reflect to really drive it and and make it a reality. And I didn't feel like I was exposing myself too much when I showed it. I didn't, you know, show the algorithm to anyone or, but um, I think when you're very, when you're at the very early stage, it's worth dropping the like, um, the suspicion and just asking for help. No, I actually think that's really good advice. And what is the, like the sayings kind of, it's like ideas aren't really worth much. It's always in the execution. And if you're not yeah. passionate to execute, it doesn't really matter if somebody takes your idea. If they're not passionate about it, they'll probably never even do it anyway. Yeah. Oh, they won't do it as as well as you. Yeah. That's also true. No, that's that's actually really good advice for people. So I'm curious, as this thing launches, I'm assuming you're planning on adding additional features to the app or how do you see this thing in six months, nine months without giving away anything that, you know, you don't want to talk about? Yeah, definitely. Um, one of the most interesting things about the launch is for me, getting reflect, getting the op to people who, who need it and want it and learning from them. And I'm sure we're going to get a lot of feedback. We did already, um, a mass, a huge amount of feedback from the user studies we did. And we want to make it the best experience that it can be for, for users. And we want to make it as relaxing as possible and to help people achieve their goals, their relaxation goals, their wellness goals, just keeping stress at bay. And so of course we're gonna be iterating on the app a lot and adding insights and data and, also, as you use it more, the app will become more valuable because it will show you more more insights and more data and show you your progress. So there's definitely a lot of plans to um, add features into the app and also think about unique ways that we can use Reflect to add value to your life. No, I, I think that's very cool, but we're kind of coming to the end of the show. So how about we close with mentioning where people can get more information about Reflect and where they can pre-order and any other links you want to mention? Sure. So you can look us up on our website, meetreflect.com. You can also pre-order through the store on the website and you can sign up to our newsletter also through the website if you want to keep up with news of when we launch and just how, how it's going and um, everything exciting that goes on with reflect and also feel free to reach out to me through um, social media or just email me at noga at reflectinnovation.com if you just want to say hey i'm always open to to talk to people about reflect or about anything else if you just want to chat perfect noga i really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be on the show and i look forward to keeping in touch with you and have a good rest of your day Thank you so much for having me, Kevin. I had a lovely time. Thank you. Me as well. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening. Please visit our website at buildingthefutureshow.com to join the free community, sign up for our newsletter, or to sponsor the show. The music is done by Electric Mantra. You can check him out at electricmantra.com and keep building the future. <laughs>